What is going on, DC? This is Move the District, hosted by yours truly, Mike Yassin. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a physical therapist, and this podcast is dedicated to highlighting members of the Washington, DC health and fitness community and giving you the correct information with no BS to help you live a life that's active, healthy, and fulfilled. And we're back. Welcome to episode eight of Move the District. Today, we got a great episode for you guys. I'm here with the owner of District CrossFit and Patriot CrossFit, Andrew Killian. Andrew, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I I feel like this is probably, you know, one of the, you were probably one of the first people that I wanted to have on this show uh, when I, you know, originally started, you know, based just based on our history. Um, Mm -hmm. So for those of you who don't know, um, my practice, Big League Performance and Rehab, is inside uh, or next to, however you want to look at it, adjacent to, I guess that's the the right way to say it. Um, Neighbors. Yeah. We're neighbors. We're neighbors. Uh, Just across it. And uh, and so Andrew was the one who, you know, plucked me out of uh, obscurity and, uh, you know, gave me uh, a space to to get started. And two and a half years, almost three years now, uh, here we are. Is that right? Almost three years. years. Wow. It was, so it was probably around this time, uh, three, three years ago, I kind of like came to the conclusion that I wasn't going to work at the place I was working at. And I was like, I need to find out what's next. And I had this idea of like starting a practice inside of a gym. And I know we've talked about this before, but, uh, everyone else hasn't heard it. So I'll tell the story, but you know, I heard, uh, Danny Mate, who's a friend of yours, uh, mm-hmm. former mobility wad coach and, uh, PT practice owner in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, on a podcast, the PT Pinecast, um, talking about the concept of a gym PT. And he goes, my buddy Andrew, who owns District CrossFit in DC, uh, is trying to find a PT, but can't find one. And I'm like, well, I'm a PT in DC. So let's check this out. So I, you know, gave you a follow on Instagram. You followed me back and shot me a DM. And you were like, you know, I'm looking for a PT. And I was like, I know. <laughs> well, I followed you. <laughs> I, I know. So at the time, I was living up in Parkview, but I had just signed a lease for literally the back alley um, of where you know of the gym, and just you know just across the street essentially. And and so you had invited me down to check the gym out, and then I plugged it into my GPS, and I was like, oh shit! I was like, this is this is right here. And just like, you know, after like meeting with you, seeing the space and like realizing how close I was, I was like, well, here it is. Yeah. I, uh, truthfully, I didn't even look at any other, at any other spaces. Yeah. I mean, I mean, not, not to like humble brag, but it was like, it was a good, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a perfect space more or less. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, yes, yeah. it couldn't be better. Yeah. Yeah. I got my like private space with AC and heat, which I did not even consider yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I don't know why, but I like was just like, yeah, place looks great. You're great. Awesome. Done. Not even like, oh, like, do you guys have heat or AC in here? Yeah, and then yeah. it got, and then it got cold and I was like, oh, thank God there's heat in here. Yes. And then, and then, and then it got hot and I was like, oh, thank God there's AC in here. And I was yeah. like, I didn't even think to like consider that because yeah. there are, I know other PTs who are in spaces, um, where there aren't, where, where they don't necessarily have like a, an HVAC system. So I was like, 
all right, well, I'm glad that worked out for me. Yeah. That, is that, are they, do they sublease too, or are they like yeah. they're in their own space? Okay. Yeah. 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 So they, they sublease and uh, it gets hot and it gets cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like when I, when I moved into my apartment, um, it's like, I, uh, I didn't even, I don't have an ice maker in my fridge. <laughs> and I was like, I, how do you even think to check for that? Like, I, yeah. who, how would I ever have assumed it didn't have that? The, the biggest thing I've come to realize about apartment hunting here in DC is checking the water pressure. Mm. How yeah. many times, I mean, how many apartments have you lived in in DC? Jeez. Or the D five? Yeah, four, five, maybe six, something something that something in that range. How's the water pressure been? Horrible. Always. I actually bought my own um um shower head. I have my oh. own shower head. Yeah. Okay. It's, it it improves it. It doesn't like fix it if you have a terrible one, but it's but it's better. Yeah, you know, I have a friend who has a ace hardware store in New Jersey and I should definitely ask him to send me a shower head. Yeah, I saw one on like Amazon. I saw one like oh no, it was I think it was reading uh, it was reading Deadspin or something. And like yeah. whenever they had like an advertisement for something, mm-hmm. I, like that I would that I would enjoy, I potentially enjoy. I would be like, all right, I'll support the website and I'll buy it. <laughs> that was actually Amazon. a solid purchase. That was a pur- well, it was I think it was like it was one of those like they get a percent of it or whatever. So I was like, whatever. Right. I'll, I'll, yeah, because I remember it was a good purchase quite frankly. Yeah, because yeah, I remember so when Megan lived in a br- brand new apartment. Uh, over on H Street, and there was, you know, brand new, first people live in the building. I remember turning on the bathroom sink, and just like this little trickle of water came out. And then you turn on the shower, and it was just like one of those where like the water like dies before it like gets yeah. to you in the shower, yeah. and you're like, and you're paying how much for this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was mine. It was like it was like a fancy shower. It was like fancy looking. It looked very modern and sleek. Yeah. But it would like trickle. It would like dribble on you and take me like 45, I don't, take me like 20 minutes to wash my hair. Like it's, yeah. And then we, yeah, you would like not get the soap out of your hair or you would, you would yeah. feel like you didn't get the soap out of your hair. Or and then just we, give up. Yeah. <laughs> so not we'll take, I get just take the I'll dry just, soap in your hair. The towel, all right, I'll just towel it out. It'll be and then like the next apartment, we were like, oh, let's check the, the shower water pressure so that, um, you know, we don't get screwed over again. And we're like, oh, this is good. And then sure enough, the bathroom sink didn't work. Yep. And then yep. this new apartment we're in now, we're like, all right, we're going to check the bathroom shower. We're going to check the bathroom sink. We're good. This is fine. Then we move in and we turn on the kitchen sink. And I don't know if you've ever washed dishes with poor water pressure. It makes okay. things very challenging. I have it, but that sounds miserable. That sounds miserable. Um, so now how long have you lived here in DC? Was I grew up in DC more or less. I, I grew I, um, I went to high school in DC. Um, I grew up just outside in, in PG County, Maryland. Uh, went to college. Went to college. Came back almost immediately. Um, so, like, have lived here, you know, exclusive exclusively since 2008. But gotcha. you know, gotcha. Just just with a four year break for school. So so more or less my whole life at Core Not University. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Andy, what, 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 God damn it, what's that character's name in the office? Andy Bernard. Andy Bernard, yeah. Like my friends, I always say that my friends, um, some of them went to Cornell, obviously, but like they always give me Andy Bernard jokes. And so then like everything I did became like such like, you know, 
you went to Cornell, like ever heard of it? And then it was, are you doing CrossFit? Ever heard of it? And then it was just every fucking thing I did. Sorry, I cursed on your podcast. That's all right. Everything, it's everything I friendly. did. Oh, okay, good. Uh, everything I did became every, ever heard of it. And it was, it's, 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 it's still funny to this day. <laughs> Andrew Killian, ever heard of it? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's funny every time. Every well, as a um, Scranton alum, office jokes, I still find very relevant. <laughs> Probably for that, like, that, the rest of my life. Yeah, but that's Scranton. Like, that's like, this is like one avenue of one character's thing. Yeah. At least that show is based in Scranton. That's so. true. That's true. I feel like Cornell was like relevant. a like byproduct. It got like a little yeah. like. It was a side. Exactly. It was a, it was like a, it was a side joke. It was like a one element of one person. Right, Though he right. was the best character, arguably, on the show. Gotcha. So where, uh, where have you lived in D.C.? Like since graduating, since moving here as an adult? Yeah, so I moved back um, and then I lived in, in Glover Park um, when I first moved back for just a few months. Then I lived in Arlington. Uh, then I moved, then I lived in Chinatown. Um, then I lived, and then I've lived in like three various places sort of around Navy Yard since right. that's where the gym is. So, um, yeah, just kind of moved around that way. Um, kind of just chasing like wherever I, wherever the gym was. Cause the gym used to be up in Chinatown. So that's where I lived. And then when we moved down here, it's, that's when I moved down here. So when, when did you start uh, District CrossFit? So it, it theoretically opened in 2011 um in uh on new york avenue between sixth and seventh like right near the convention center basically um and but like i had really had plans to do it since about 2000 like and 2009 ish and a lot of it was just kind of getting getting my ducks in a row right uh to open everything up so um so yeah so officially opened our doors 2011 um, you know, moved the first time in 2000. So we opened 2011, moved for the first time in 2000, like early 2013, and then moved again in 2000. Uh, well, I guess opened a second one. So we had two district CrossFits for a while in 2014, 15. Right. Um, and then eventually moved out of one location in Chinatown because they turned it into a big office building. Um, funny enough they were supposed to turn it so our neighbor our next door neighbor when we were in chinatown was living social do you remember living social r.i.p yes yeah so and they were gonna tear it down and they built originally built this where our gym was they built this huge office building and the exclusive tenant was going to be living social oh my god yeah and then obviously that fell apart and then um so they still kicked us out and turned into a big office building i don't know who the tenant is now um but it's funny when you think about like these businesses that like came and went. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like this tiny little gym that's like, oh yeah, how are you guys? How are you guys doing? What a business, huh? Yeah, you guys are are now. I mean, nine years. Yeah. Yeah. Still going strong. Nine years. So when? So when will the ten year anniversary be? When will, um, when will you mark the ten year anniversary? May May of next year. Okay. May of next year. Like May. I think officially it would be May twelfth. I believe. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah so, so, so yeah. What's what's the uh, the stat where it's like, you know, like only like ten percent of like businesses survive the first year, and then like, you know, of those ten percent, only ten percent survive like the next ten years. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the. It's some crazy stat you know, like that. Well, isn't it like the mass of like the vast, vast, vast majority of them are uh, are like one year, 
right? Like, yeah, if you can make it past here. You know, it's funny. So two two funny things. So do you know who uh, Nassim Taleb is? The he's like a philosopher slash mathematician guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, he's super fascinating. Like, he's just kind of he's got a. Uh, interesting kind of way of looking at things a lot of times. Uh, but he talks about like, there's a lot of things like, and I forget exactly what he calls it. Um, but like, there's a phenomenon of like musicals, right? Where like, if you have a musical, like musical, like, you know, 99.9% of musicals on Broadway fail, right? right. Like, it's like a massive failure. He's like, but if you can live on, if you're on Broadway for like one year, like the odds of like going to like five years is tremendous. And if you're on Broadway for like, if you're on Broadway for five years, it's actually like almost impossible to fail. Right. Like, yeah. like if you're on for that long, like you well, basically yeah. can be on for the rest of your, for the rest of eternity. Right. Like you'll always be on Broadway. Yeah. Just like um, a cat. So, no, exactly. Exactly. Like, like the, what are the odds that cats will ever go out of like cats will always be on Broadway for yeah. Or the Lion King. Um, yeah. yeah. So like, you know, unfortunately Hamilton, uh, but, uh, but does that mean you're not a fan of Hamilton? I despise Hamilton. With despise it? Passion. Yeah, I, I really dislike it a lot. Um, wow. Um, I have not I seen it yet. I have not seen it yet. I'm not going to lie. I, I bought Disney Plus just, just this past week to watch it. Oh. Yeah, so I had it already. And I, I did watch it uh, because uh, I felt like I had to. So so uh, the long and short is uh, I was I was – dating this girl we had just started dating and um she was super super into it it was like i had just come out um uh, and we went on like a date we decided like hey let's take a day trip to annapolis and she was obsessed with hamilton and i had never really heard of it and she was like oh like you like rap music you'll love it and so i was basically trapped in a car for like 45 minutes there and back and playing hamilton and just like having to like like this rap music that I just found really really bad rap it's just bad hip-hop I'm sorry like and and it, and every time I talk to people about it I just feel like it's a circular argument where I'm like like what do you like about it and they're like oh it's like well it's like hip-hop brought to Broadway and I'm like yeah but it's bad hip-hop it's like bad rap music it sounds like like a, a, a middle school kid just figured out that words rhyme and you're just kind of putting them together and then they're like and they're like, well, it's not like rap, though. It's Broadway. And then I'm like, okay, well, what's good about it as a Broadway play? And they're like, well, it brought rap music. And I'm like, do you see how we're going in circles here? <laughs> like, like, it sounds like Schoolhouse Rock. It sounds like a middle school kid did Schoolhouse Rock. And having said that, to give it some due, because everybody gets mad at me because everybody loves it. I found the non-rap parts very, very good. I, I thought it was fun. I'm not, I'm not like a, a, a Broadway historian either. So I don't know. I don't really know that much. Because the whole thing is spoken in rhyme, right? Or no? I mean, it's got like classic, you know, it's got like what you, I think you would consider like classic Broadway songs. Okay. Um, and those are very good. And like, the, obviously the people who did it uh, are very talented. Like, obviously, like if you're on Broadway, you're, there's almost a 0% chance you don't have talent. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, I just found the, I found the rap music just so bad. Well, I think it's so like. So bad that it's unlistenable. What? Because <laughs> I think it's like going in with a certain expectation of like the hip hop music we hear, you know, online, on radio, on Spotify versus yeah. like what you hear like in a theater. And I think it probably like has like that, that theatrical component to it that like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, anyway. But no, I mean, it sounds like I, I just defy anyone to think it's not. And it's also like, I don't know. There's, I mean, 
you get you, it's a very like whitewashing of history right like it's, it's a little awkward to have like black dudes playing slave owning white dudes and not mention really slavery once i don't know right. i just i found it strange politically uh uh-huh. but also like i just found the 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 rap part the rap parts i'm speaking exclusively the rap parts uh it's not good rap. terrible just bad i mean not bad good not good not 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 good bad bad objectively bad fair enough fair enough all right back to what we were saying before about 10 yeah, years sure. of of district crossfit here yeah what what do you think contributed to contribute to that the fact that you know you've been here for 10 years um i think i mean i i think you're i think you're deluded if you don't say you got a little lucky um i think we definitely got a little lucky i mean i definitely started uh the gym at the right time uh yeah you know like um we caught the wave at like the perfect time where um you know we we got people in and we were able to kind of establish ourselves you know almost without without having to like go out to i mean it was it was just the right time for crossfit and it was right before it exploded and got everything you know got uh popular so we could kind of establish ourselves as as having been around Mm-hmm. Um, but then we caught the wave at the perfect time. So, um, so there was that, um, we got pretty lucky, you know, uh, in terms of getting locations, I think it was part luck. I mean, you know, it doesn't take much to have a night, you know, you don't need, um, killer crazy locations and you can kind of make it work a lot more than other businesses can. So we, we were able to kind of find the right space. I mean, um, you know, we, we've been in this space, uh, for you know just about six seven years and every when we moved there everyone was telling us what a horrible idea it was because it was not a good neighborhood and blah 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 blah. and now it's you know probably if not the fastest one of got to be top three fastest growing i'd be stunned if it's not number one fastest growing areas in dc yeah i mean um did they say navy yard is like the top like growing neighborhood or like in like the country or something like that right Oh yeah, there's some like Forbes or some some, something, but yeah, whatever. I mean, regardless, it's it's very very nice now, and yeah, we were able to get in, you know, while it was affordable, uh, and and sign a nice lease while you know, uh, we took a little bit of a risk and it paid off. Um, But uh, you know, I think um, you know, aside from that, you know, once you acknowledge that, um, yeah, I think just like a lot of lot of work, right? Like a lot of hours put in. Um, and trying your best, not trying your best, I guess, to be, to kind of have like something you, I guess, kind of like a bedrock kind of foundational principle kind of thing. And then just kind of sticking to that, you know, and I think, I think you, instead of trying to chase like what, trying to look for the, the right one to, I guess, instead of trying to look for the right thing to go believe in is just to believe in the thing you believe in and then stick to it. And then, You know, if you're if you believe in it strongly enough, I think people tend to find tend to find their way towards it yeah. rather than you trying to chase, you know, what is the popular thing. Right. Yeah. Starting, you know, just like starting your own thing and yeah. and being able to like it, it might be the wrong thing, but if you go with a passion and a purpose, it, it drives those other people to you. Yeah, totally. And and yeah, I mean like, you know, and yeah, like I said, it almost doesn't matter like what the thing is. Like if you really believe in jazzercise, like there's enough people out there that also really love jazzercise <laughs> that you will be just fine. And so, you know, but I think when you start trying, I mean, you know, cause we've been approached a ton of times by a lot of people about doing various things. I mean, especially early on when CrossFit was still very, 
figuring out its way about like, hey, you, you know, why don't you do spin classes in the middle of the day? And, you know, or why don't you do this? And why don't you change some stuff and, and kind of bring this in? I'm like, well, because then like, you know, what are we? We're just some random thing that's that's anything. Um, and I'm sure that's fine. And like, I have nothing against spin classes uh, in and of themselves. Uh, but I just don't want to be the gym that does a little bit of everything. I'd rather just kind of stick to one thing and then, uh, uh, you know, try and get really good at that thing. Yeah, be really good at one thing. And yeah. then if that fails, just get really good at sports gambling. That's right. Uh, which is harder than it sounds. Uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, no, exactly. I have a backup plan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Who, uh, who's the uh, who's your pick for the World Series? I mean, does anybody know? Like, it's so sixty or eighty games. Like, how was it sixty? It's sixty games. Sixty games. Sixty games. That's insane. That's like a blip. Do the, yeah, the like, Nats repeat? I mean, I don't see why. Te- I mean, technically, they couldn't. I see. I think it seems very unlikely. Uh, certainly without uh, Rendon, but, uh, uh, but like, I mean, they've got great pitching. I mean, it's basically all comes down to pitching, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like if you have 60 games, like it's basically two, it's, it's, it's basically like, yeah, like, like two playoffs effectively. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's just, it's pure pitching. I don't know. I, I'll be honest. Like I'm not, I'm not a giant baseball guy. I mean, I, I love DC sports. So yeah. Um, like any, any time the DC, anytime a DC sports team is in the playoffs, I'm, I'm all in. Um, but, uh, and that doesn't, I, I think that does not count as a uh, fair weather fan, right? Like if you're from the area, no, you're allowed I, to do that. I you're think so. I, to do that. Well, the thing, I think my, my bone I have is like, um, with Nats fans of a certain age that grew up Orioles fans. Oh, and then. You know, that's tricky, though. Yeah. That's that's, that's my issue. I I mean, I look at it like, well, okay, well, what about conversely, like, the Ravens, right? Like, when the Ravens came to town. Right. right. Well, so, like, I guess it's a little different because the Colts were, were – but nobody's, like – very few people are, like, Colts turn whatever they are now, Washington football team, turn back Ravens. Right. Um, and then you deal with, the like, the transient D.C. fans, too. The people yeah. who are from Cleveland and they're diehard Nats fans, but then the second you know the Indians come to town, um, yeah, you know they uh, they change their uh, their 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 team. And you know I always thought that too. Like I've always thought DC is a very underrated sports town um, yeah. in terms of of its like sports teams because, like you said, I mean it's extremely rare to be from this area. Uh, yeah. A vast majority of people are not from here. And so, like, to have the kind of loyalty, I think, that they do. And it's not, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's, like, I mean, like, who, like, I, one time, so my brother's, my brother's bachelor party was in Wisconsin. Uh-huh. And it just happened to be the first week of the season, the football season. Uh-huh. I have never seen an area exclusively Packers stuff. Wow. Like, exclu- not a single fan. I don't think I saw a single fan from another thing anywhere. Uh <laughs> And so, like, like it's hard to have that level of loyalty. Like right. that, that's pretty rare. It's hard to develop that, especially in a place like Wisconsin, where you got one team and that's it. Exactly. Like you just have you have like complete home field advantage. Like there's no other teams to, to root for. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I applaud. I think that's a good thing. Like that's it's it was incredibly impressive. But like DC does well considering. I like, think that's like, a almost cool no one's from here. Thing. I think that's a cool thing about DC though is that there's always like a bar for that team. Like yeah, yeah. go you know. There's, you know, 
any college, you know, big time college, uh, you know, they're going to have a bar dedicated for, you know, your school, any, any, you know, there's Jets bars, there's, as a New Yorker, there's Jets bars, there's Giants bars, there's Mets bars, there's Yankee mm-hmm. bars. I mean, you go to Toronto Blue Jays bar, um, you know, there's soccer bars where like, you know, I've been to like the Argentinian soccer bar over in, yeah. uh, in Arlington summers where mm-hmm. like you, yeah, I showed up there for a day just to like grab a few beers during uh, like, uh, like, uh, like a Sunday. And you know, it was packed out with all these people from Argentina, you know, mm-hmm. who were dressed like chickens. Um, so, so like, okay. So like, that's sort of like what I was saying before about like running your business though. Like you're way better off. Like, like imagine if you're a bar and you just try and be the most popular bar, mm-hmm. like you or the most, you just try and support the most popular team. Like yeah. it's never going to work. Right. And if you're just changing like, Oh, we're a warriors bar. Oh, now we're a Lakers bar. Oh, now we're uh you know, whatever else, a like Clippers bar. But if you're like, yeah, we're the most diehard. Like imagine if you were the most diehard Tampa Bay Bucks bar. Yeah. And you've been a Tampa Bay Bucks bar for, for 20 years. You're going to kill it this year. It's going to be like a good year. You're going to yeah. do so good because you are the Tampa Bay Bucks bar. Yeah. I mean, it's just you're like just sticking, way better off. Yeah. Sticking to your guns and like knowing who you are, I think ultimately right. makes the most sense. How do you think over those, these nine and a half years, how do you think District CrossFit has changed? You know, I think it's, um, I think it's changed. Uh, well, I'll tell you one major way it's changed for sure. Um, and this might've been just because of my, like personally, my emphasis. Now I, I don't have, I mean, it used to be back in the day that, you know, I was coaching 96% of classes, you know, and now I, I don't, I coach basically in a pinch if, if coaches need, you know, can't find coverage. Yeah. Um, and so I had a lot more, I guess I had a lot more, uh, say and, and, and direction and exactly how I wanted things to go. Um, but you know, it used to be DCF used to be a lot more, um, kind of competition driven, Yeah. you know, um, it used to be a lot more focused on really like, I mean, really top end athletes. And we had, you know, really competitive teams that were some of the best in the area. And we had athletes that we were training that would go on to like the CrossFit games and finish top 10, you know, and, and, and we were somewhat known for that in the 2000, you know, 13 to 2015, 16 era. Yeah. Um, and since then, I mean, we've really pivoted away from that and gone more towards like just you know how can we make how can we get just just extremely ordinary people um that have really like no they're not you know d1 athletes they're not former pro athletes they're not anything like that but you know how can they have sort of the same uh workout attention to detail so to speak right uh, as as what an elite you know crossfit athlete would and how do we kind of marry that you know how do, how do we turn this into like what would be a d1 sports program uh for athletes who don't play a sport and right. who are don't who just kind of you know come in to work out right like that's kind of the mindset now um and so it's a lot more about like you know it's a lot more about having fun i mean i'm i'm, I'm utterly convinced that if you just come in and show up and work out, you will be in great shape. It does not need uh, the most, you know, uh, fun, fine-tuned, you know, uh, like yeah. hardcore level of, 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 of attention to detail to have, be successful. It's really just more about like show up, you know, have fun, be safe, move well, learn one thing and just show up the next day. Yeah, right. I mean, if you can keep if you can keep doing that, like that's that's ninety that's ninety percent of people right there. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a big you know a 
one thing I find myself constantly telling people uh, is, is the best program is one you're going to do. 100%. You know, like, 100%. like it doesn't have to have, you know, bear crawls and cleans and squats yeah. and, 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 you know, just find something that you're going to be able to consistently do. And yeah, you know, and, and I, I mean, and even then, you know, like even for elite, like top end athletes, I mean, I found myself uh, just, uh, you know, I was doing writing workouts for coach for, for athletes and, and coaching them, you know, again, up to like all year round for the CrossFit games. And yeah, you had several, was, several athletes that went to the games, right? Or one. Athlete yeah. Or... Yeah. A few, uh, three technically. Three. Uh, and so like, but like, I mean, just driving myself nuts, like counting every single rep of every single thing the exact right volume and the exact right intensity. And you just were like, humans don't work that way. You know what I mean? Like, like, like people don't work that way. Like they're not machines. You know, it's not an input output system. It's a much more kind of like you have a plan and you have a, a, a goal to strive for, but it is not a straight, it is not a straight road. You know, you, yeah. you have some, you have bumps and you have, you know, things that you can't foresee coming and you just kind of deal with it. And, and that's for like, you know, people who are doing, who are dedicated athletes to one goal. This is not people who just want to come in, work out, gain, you know, and they don't have kids to go home to yeah. and another job to do. And, you know, all sorts of other stuff that, that comes in play. It's the you know, you just can't control. Yeah. You just can't control that. Many. There's too many variables, right. There's way too many to, to control. And, and quite frankly, anybody who sells themselves on controlling those variables or talking about some kind of, you know, super specific plan, I think is, is total snakes, snake oil. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like considering that human element into the programming. Cause it's like hundred percent, you can have the, the best program in the world, but like they're here for one hour a day. Right. So like mm -hmm. the other 23 hours a day, like what's happening and yeah. you know, um, that's where I think people like, yeah, it, 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 on that play, it, you know, the workout affects the other 23 hours, the other 23 hours affects the one hour. Um, you know, it all, it all plays in. So it's like, how do you account for the, the human hour or the human element? And mm -hmm. I really don't think you can, you do, you know, the best you can, but um, you know, it's more about just, I guess, appealing to how, how can we, you know, suit this for everybody versus just like making yeah, it the yeah. hardest shit you can do. Exactly. And, and then also like, you know, I mean, we have, you know, one workout that's supposed to, you know, try and work for, you know, uh, uh, 200 people that walk in our doors. Like that's impossible. Right. Like right. it's never going to work. Uh, and, and, you know, I can't, and I don't know when they're coming. You know, that's the other yeah. thing. I don't even know if they're going to show up today. Maybe they, maybe they don't come on Tuesday. That's the only come on Wednesday and Friday. Programming, programming for like, for gyms is like, how do you program? You know, how do you, take that into consideration where mm -hmm. Johnny comes Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but mm -hmm. then, you know, Susie comes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And, you know, how do you take into consideration like different people's schedules or is it just like, Hey, this is what our schedule is going to be. Yeah. You know, try to make it these days. So, yeah. So I, I that's, the, I mean, that's, this is why it's funny. Cause it's like, I mean, it comes down to like, I mean, that's like a very obvious question and it's still like almost an impossible one to answer. And even, you know, because, uh, so because I have two gyms, it's, it's two radically different answers. Right. Yeah. Like, so I did, I mean, you know, a lot of it is it just comes down to like, so, so the way we do it at DCF is, uh, when our, we write out about three months work worth of programs. So we program like quarterly. So all the workouts are more or less set. I mean, obviously they get tweaked and there's little tiny changes here and there, but, but in broad strokes, they're basically done for three months. And so what I do is, 
basically I write like day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, right? Monday through Friday. Saturdays and Sundays kind of stay the same because we don't really take them into account in terms of overall, you know, programming. Right. Um, they're just like fun, fun days, so to speak. <laughs> right. Um, uh, and so, so we have day one through five, right? So on week one, so it's a 12 week stretch, three yeah. months. On week one, it goes one, two, three, four, five, right? And so day one will always be like squat and like, kind of like a, uh, I'm making this up, but like, it'll be a squat and uh, like a very light, but sort of like very cardiovascularly intense workout. So think row, burpee, wall ball. So nothing, nothing really heavy, but just like, it'll really kind of gas you and take you out of, make you lose your breath. And it's really focused on breathing, right? Sure. That'd be day one. And then day two will be like an upper body. So like call it like a, a bench press and then something short and heavy. So it'll have like, you know, a deadlift and then a, a box jump or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so day one and day two and so on and so forth are always the same. So day one is always squat cardio. Day two is always bench press heavy. Day three is blah, blah, blah. So week one will start one, two, three, four, five. Week two starts two, three, four, five, one, right? Week three starts three, four, five, one, two. So each day you just go through the cycle and each week it starts on a new day. So if you come, I mean, most people will come on like the same day, right? Yeah. Most people, it's not everybody, obviously. Right. But most people will come Monday, Wednesday, Friday, say. And so what the first Monday they come will be different than the next Monday they come. So the mic, you know, and then so on and so forth. Gotcha. So it's different every week, but it's still the same order, right? It's always a squat followed by the next day is followed by a bench press. Next day is followed by a deadlift. Next day is followed by a whatever but it rotates every, every day. So it's, it's really not the most complex code of all time, but it gives people a lot of variety to work on other stuff. Now I did that because I, we just basically took a poll and we said, Hey everybody, what would you prefer? Like, would you prefer that it changes every day? Every Monday is a different emphasis or would you prefer that every Monday is the same and then you can tailor your schedule around what you want to do. Right. And people said, well, I'd rather just come the same day and have it be different. Move the District is sponsored by Big Leap Performance and Rehab. At Big Leap Performance and Rehab, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active during the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better. Head to BigLeapPerformanceAndRehab.com to see how we can help you stay active for life. See, now this is like... What I want to hear. This is what I've been trying. This is what I've been trying to figure out for three years is yeah. how do, how do those, those workouts on the whiteboard appear? Yeah. So it's not, it's not a complex system by any stretch, uh, but it, you know, but people like it, but you know, at, at Patriot CrossFit in Virginia, the other one, right. we did the same thing, you know? So I, it was like, and it was a, when we put out that poll, we said, would you rather have days be the same every week or different every week? It was a huge it was like 70, 30 people like different every week. We want every one month, this Monday to be different than last Monday. And I was right. like, Oh, okay, cool. Good to know. And at Patriot, we did the same poll and we were like, Oh, you know, would you rather have it be the same or different? And it was the exact opposite. Huh? They were like, we want every Monday to be squat day. We want every Tuesday to be bench press day. And it was almost by the same margin flipped, but the exact same margin. Right. Right. So now you don't do the programming at either gym, correct? I don't do the programming at Patriot. Uh, I do still mostly do the programming at district. It's been a little weird with the whole shutdown and everything. Right. Yeah. Um, so I haven't been, cause we've been sort of winging it based on what's going on a little bit. Um, 
but but yeah once things settle back in which they are yeah i'll start doing it again yeah um so let's let's talk about how you have you know you i know you mentioned like you've you know pretty much pulled yourself out of the business and i think that kind of like every gym owner's like dream right yeah what what, (laughs) or nightmare what steps did you take to get there um uh you know a lot of it is just like having people that you trust and that's i mean we've had this conversation a bazillion times yeah like that i think we've both discovered that that is just a pure crapshoot uh like that hiring is just the most impossible thing of all time yeah um it's just because like you know it's one of those things like people are people and you just can't control uh like uh like you can find somebody awesome like somebody super awesome that's perfect and they love the job and whatever. And then their husband gets a job in Chicago and they move and you're like, well, dang it. Like that was, this was perfect. Uh, And then you could have somebody, um, I mean, I, so like, you know, for the longest time I was just, I kind of just like shot from the hip and was just like, Hey, you seem like a cool person. You're hired, you know, and and we'll make it work and, and I'll make it work. Um, that was a, that was a character flaw of mine because that's not a good way to do it. Uh, but so this one yeah. time I was like, you know what? I'm tired of doing that. I've gotten burned too many times. I am going to sink so many resources and emphasis. So I did everything. I mean, I did ever put out this huge net. I contacted, I have a pretty large network of people. Mm-hmm. I was like, I paid, I was like, listen, I want somebody for the long haul contact. Everybody I knew got a ton of potential people had rounds of interviews with various people. I had them like basically submit, you know, almost like problem sets. Like, Hey, how would you program for this people? How would you handle this? Tell me about that. What do you think about your philosophy of training? I mean, I just went wow. nuts trying to do this. Like, and it took me six months and I whittled it down. I had rounds and all this stuff. Um, and I made it an extremely, uh, uh well paid for the position position. Um, I did everything and it was by far at the end of the day, the worst hire I've ever made. Oh, like, no. it, was, it was awful. And it was just like, it was just, it just doesn't translate like interviewing doesn't translate to the right. It's impossible. Like unless you just have them like work and then they just kind of like, you know, gradually take on more and more responsibilities. That's by far the most success I've had. Not even close, like absolutely the best way I've done it. Yeah. But it's just so hard because you just, how do you, you either have somebody, you know, people making that leap, right? Like from, a normal job to this kind of job, which is, you know, uh, admittedly less secure, right? Like, like sure. you, it's just harder to, to, to make, uh, the kind of money you would make if you were a, a like a law, a lawyer, you know, in DC, yeah. Anything you're not going to make that kind of yeah. money and benefits. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, it's hard to get people to make that leap. Um, but yeah, like it feels like no matter what you do, um, you're there's just risk involved like there's just massive risk that you can put all the time in the world down to one person and that person could easily be terrible or you could just kind of shoot from the hip and get lucky but do it a bunch you know like kind of go for quantity try and find the right person out of the quantity and go from there but yeah like hiring the right people is by far the most the, the most important step and it is just absolutely the hardest thing not from like a work perspective but just like I don't know. How does anyone do this? Perspective? Yeah. How, what, what, 
what do you look for? What do you look for when, when you are hiring a coach? I mean, it, yeah, honest, I will be honest. Like I am very convinced maybe this is hubris that I can more or less teach you what you need to know in terms of coaching it, but there are like the intangibles of just right. like being a people person. That That's is the, the most, most important critical. thing. Not That's the most close. important thing. Not even close. Like it's, yeah. it's by far the most, and like, you know, by the time you're a 30 year old person, it's, it's just extremely rare to like pick up those kind of people skills. Right. Like also true. If you don't have it, you just, you're set. Yeah. If you don't have it by that point. Are you going to get right. it? Right. Yeah, Probably not. It's like, you can have, you know, you can have the best program. You can, you know, have the best mm-hmm. eye for mechanics, but mm-hmm. if you're, if you're a jerk, that's yeah. just not gonna, just not gonna work. Yeah. It's not going to translate. And like that at the end of the day, it's getting to translate to people. Right. right. And like, and, and, and conversely, like, you know, if you're really, really like, like friendly outgoing kind of person, you can, you can be a jerk and people will still love you. Like I'm very sarcastic. Like I'm extremely sarcastic. Oh yeah. You're uh, definitely like, when jerk. I coach and I, yeah, like I'm kind of a jerk to people, but they, I don't know. Some probably hate me. Uh, well, it was always funny whenever we did like, um, uh, like, uh, 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 like surveys of coaches, right? We asked like, you know, how do you think this person is? I would always get like extremely polarizing reviews. People either, like I had the most like nines and ones okay. of any coach. Cause people there, I was like, oh, he's funny. And he like does what he's talking about. It's like, ah, oh, he's also a sarcastic kind of dickhead sometimes. I'm like, they're not wrong. I don't dispute that. Yeah. I think um, it's like come down like finding your like target audience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing is, you know, when you say what, uh, what uh, you look for, I mean, I just think people being, almost extreme like again it's 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 shades but like extremely genuine about stuff you know not like sugarcoating things i think is so valuable from a coaching perspective yeah like i'll be the first coach when somebody does something bad like like you know like you go hey i want you to work on this like think about this when you're doing that and they'll do it and the urge is always as a coach to go yeah you did it and i'll be the first one to go that was horrible like (laughs) you just did it way worse try it again you know, and like, that's actually really valuable because people will then, when you do say, people know you're not. People appreciate honesty. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of people don't want to be bullshitted and they appreciate yeah, totally. honesty. So if they're not doing it wrong, uh, especially in like a competitive environment, like yeah. if they're not doing it right, then like they want to be told they're doing it right. Uh, wrong, right. You know? so. and, and that goes for all people. Like even people that are like very, in, almost I, I, I'm kind of ironically sometimes um, like the people who are very, very new, who just obviously are making a lot more mistakes than somebody who's been doing it for, yeah. oh, yeah. um, they actually appreciate that like even more, you right. know, like, because they're like, they want to do it right. And they know it doesn't help if you're just sugarcoating everything and telling them like, they know it's not good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and they shouldn't be ashamed of that because they're just starting. So of course they know it's not perfect and like and you're so, putting in that effort to like help yeah. them also because i think it's one of those like what's the saying where it's like they don't know how much like they don't care until they know how much you care or you know sure. whatever it is i don't yeah. I think that's like i think there's a i think it's a more corny saying but yeah and, and not to not to like you know um and then that's one of the things that really irks me like that and, and this is literally my personality and i can totally 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 uh empathize with somebody who has sort of the opposite of this uh uh personality you know, it was kind of one of the way we talk about what, what, what makes us different from some of our competitors is that we're not cheerleaders, right? Like we're not cheerleaders, we're not here to rah-rah, you know, keep going, you can do it kind of person. We're here to like make you better athletes. We're here to make you move better. Like we don't want to just cram you in and just kind of motivate you till, you know, till the hilt. 
you know, we wanted you to come in and we want to, I want to feel like you got better at something that you improved at something that you learned something. Um, and that doesn't come from just like, I believe in you, rah, rah, cheerleaderism. I think it comes from like honest critique and like, you know, having people show you how to get better at something. Um, yeah. And I, like I said, I, there are some people who, who aren't interested in that. They just want to come in, you know, get real sweaty, feel like they did a lot of work and, and move on. And that's, that's great. Like totally cool. Um, but that's not necessarily what you get from us and right. that's okay. Right. That's okay. Like that might not be what you're looking for. Um, but you know, I think the, the, the there's a ideal you know, there's, client, there's a, basically the ideal yeah. member, you know, like, like who is yeah. that? Cause like not everyone, like I know like not everybody is going to like work well with me. So it's like finding sure. who is, you know, finding the people who are the right people for yeah. your gym. And like, yeah, you want to like, you, you, you want to appeal for everybody, but at the same time though, that's what makes your gym special. It's what makes every other gym in DC special is that they appeal to a certain person, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to figure out what that is. Right. Like, mm -hmm. like, and again, you know, this is why I think we have a lot of success, so to speak. The people that tend to stick around with us the longest are former athletes, like people who space for even, even high school sports. I mean, it doesn't take much, you know, it doesn't, we're not talking about like, you know, uh, uh, elite d1 athletes here but like people who played sports and people who just kind of get get it from a sports kind of mentality i mean that just tend to be people who gravitate towards us having said that you know i think some of our longest longest term members didn't really play sports at all they right. just but this this they found this as their sport you know what i mean they, they treat it like a sport and that's what makes them stick around even yeah. if they never were sport people athletes before this what what role has like the community like those people you know, played in the keeping, you know, getting to this almost 10 year mark now. I mean, it's, it's definitely huge. I mean, like, you know, and you just think about like, it, it, it's, it's funny. Yeah. Like the community is such a funny, um, it, it's kind of, it's somewhat of a double-edged sword um, because, you know, it's, it's hard. I go through like phases where, you know, uh, like good friends of mine that run very, very successful gyms talk about um, like how they are, specifically not friends with their clientele right and it makes a ton of sense why like sure. when you th step back and think about it because you, don't you just you know you. it's yeah exactly um and they're very successful and they do really well and i go through phases where i'm like you know what like not that i don't like them i i think like you know the people who've been in our i've been to i've been to multiple weddings i've actually like set up weddings you know from people at our gym like like yeah. introduce people who end up being their husbands or wives have you had a um, wedding in a, in the gym not in the gym. We've had a few, um, like, like wedding sh sh photo shoots oh, wow. because they met at the gym, but never, we've never hosted a wedding. Okay. Um, I remember uh, so a bridal shower workout or bachelorette yeah. party workout yes. last year. Have a, that. Had a couple of those. We've had a couple yes. of those. And like I said, a couple like, you know, uh, like, like photo wedding photos, uh, done like the day of the wedding, like gowns oh, and, and, oh, wow. and everything. Uh, but we've never actually hosted one. But um, but yeah, so I mean, the, the community part is it can become a double edged sword because it can become, you know, you you tend to lose focus on the gym at large. I mean, you say people say community and it's great. But, you know, at the end of the day, that even that community, the hardcore people that love it and that are there for you no matter what, it's not everybody. Right. It's never 100 percent of the clientele. Um, and so it ends up being like, you know, 30, a, a very critical and very uh, important 30 percent but it can kind of like cause you to forget uh, about the other 70 percent if you focus too much on that 30 percent right. 
Um, and so, you know, you'll, and, and that 30% becomes very, not, not, I don't mean this is a bad thing, but like very vocal because they're, they know you, they feel comfortable telling you things that they want or that they think or whatever. And that's a good thing, but you can also, it can kind of lead you down the wrong road of saying, oh yeah, we should go do X, Y, or Z, forgetting that X, Y, or Z will take away from the other 70% that are really, yeah. you know, the, the major the major, you know, revenue generators, you know, when you look at it, 70% of your people, that's going to be, you know, a good chunk of your revenue. Yeah. Um, having said that though, but then, you know, but then there are times like we had, you know, when we had to shut down and, you know, I knew I could comfortably rely on 30% of people that were going to pay us anyway. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That we're going to, that we're going to keep paying, uh, uh, revenue so we could stay in business. Um, and that's great, you know, and, and they deserve to be rewarded, you know, in some right. fashion for that. So, um, you know, it, it's tough. It's a tough balancing act. I will say this, like, certainly without it, uh, I don't think you can survive in this type of business model. Like, we just don't have a huge, you know, churning, you know, revolving door of people coming in and out. It yeah. tends to be relatively small, which is a good thing, especially in a transient city like this. Right. Uh, but uh, it can be, I've definitely fallen into traps where it becomes the tail wagging the dog for sure yeah. you know and and that can become problematic so i mean i think it's just about it's about management and it's about like kind of like uh expectation management on some level about like what you know you know i tell people all the time like I, like if I, i'll go get a beer with you and i'll hang out with you outside the gym yeah but if you if you text me about gym related stuff i'm not going to respond to you do you know what i mean like like right. you, you know you don't get to use my cell phone you know, because you, I go hang out with you at the gym. Line. Yeah. yeah, right. Like it's 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 like, crossing the line respond. into yeah. yeah yeah. I don't. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna text you about the uh, the chalk in the gym. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. Like I'm trying to think of like a like a specific example, but like yeah. Like hey, you, you know, you still got to follow the rules that everybody else has to follow. You, right. You know, like I don't text you and be like, hey, I need that. I need you to pay your due. You know, like I would never <laughs> do that. So like, don't. <laughs> Don't, don't put that against me either. That's not fair. Yeah. So now that uh, you guys are obviously de-affiliating, de um, mm -hmm. you know, I think the, the big fear for everyone was the sense of the CrossFit community, right? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I think everyone's kind of like, you know, they, I, think, I think for the most part, people maintained their affiliation for the last several years, mainly just for the, the sense of the community. And uh, I think now... You know, obviously, I think people are realizing that there's a larger issue at hand. Where, where does the CrossFit community go from here? Yeah, when you say the CrossFit community, you mean the larger community as a whole? Like like the, the, the brand of CrossFit, like the community around that brand? Or do you mean like specifically kind of within our walls? Both. Both. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, when it came to ours, you know, at, at both locations, it, it wasn't a big deal. I mean, there were very, very few people that felt slighted that we would drop the CrossFit name. Yeah. Right. Like there were yeah. very few, very few. It wasn't zero, but it wasn't, it wasn't something that I'm like, Oh shoot. I don't know. We might, we might really be suffering here because I think at the end of the day, you know, it gets people in the door, but that's not what keeps people there. You know what right. I mean? Like, and, and everybody knew it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it's not like we have to change everything we're doing because we don't call ourselves, we're not going to call ourselves CrossFit in the future. Right. Um, and, you know, so, so they knew that nothing really operationally or fundamentally would change and it would be the same and the people would stay. Right. So, you know, I think it gets people in the door certainly, but it's, if, if that's what's keeping your business alive, you are sunk. 
<laughs> you, right. you are, you that's are, not what you, you rely on. You weren't relying. Exactly. You know, no. like, yeah. Cause like, I mean, I, cause I, what, what do you think is, we've had this talk before, is that what do you think is the percentage of people that like you gain from that, from that, having that name versus the people you lose from having that name? Yeah. yeah I mean, um, and I, I'm kind of speaking in broad stroke, but I mean, there certainly was a moment where things flipped, you know, and, and it was, um, you know, I would say like from till about like 2016, let's call it up till that point, you know, most of the people coming in the door had uh, wanted to try CrossFit for the first time. Like they've heard of it. it sounds cool. Sounds interesting. I want to give it a whirl. I would say it was like 70, it was like 65, 35 people who had never tried it and wanted to give it a whirl. Right. And 35% of people were like, Hey, I'm from Chicago and I just moved to DC and I want to keep doing CrossFit. They've done it for three years and they just want to float in. And they're great because it's like the low startup costs. Like they just hop in and they're good to go. Um, It was like 65, 35 new people never tried it to I've been doing it for, you know, five years. Um, But then, you know, it just kind of flipped like one day, (laughs) not like one day, like on its head, but like it just kind of slowly trended the other way to where, you know, now it's probably 75, 25. Hey, I just moved from 75% of people are like, hey, I just moved here from Chicago. Um, I'm just looking to keep doing CrossFit. And 25% of people are like, hey, I've heard of it and I don't want to try it. Excuse me. I've heard of it and I want to try it. Um, Right. And I think that, you know, that's on some level that falls on the feet of, CrossFit the brand. I mean, I think they let uh, things define them, and even even worse, they they really leaned into it. I mean, there were multiple, and this was like I don't know. It was it was cool at first when it was like this secret club, yeah. Where there was an, I mean, it was in the New York Times, probably two thousand seven, two thousand six, something like that, maybe even earlier, where they were talking about this CrossFit thing. And it was like super, super tough. And it was what all the special operators were doing. And it was what all these guys were doing. And they interviewed Glassman and he was like, yeah, it's really hard and you probably can't do it. You're probably not tough enough. And it was cool when it was like a small like club, like it's like a fight club kind of style. That's good bar. That's good branding. Right. Oh man, this thing's so tough. Oh, I bet I'm cool enough to do it. Smart. Uh, But then it grew and and the bubble just grew. It just went bananas and, you know, um, and they just let them define, they let, you know, they let, they got defined and they even leaned into the things that probably aren't smart. You know, like, I mean, the amount of people that, you know, are, that are a vast majority of people, I think that, uh, that don't do it. You know, uh, my girlfriend, like before she met me was like, had absolutely made up her mind that she was never going to do CrossFit because <laughs> it was too intense and she was going to get hurt. Oh yeah. And, and like, those are the two things. It's too intense and I'm going to get hurt. And or I'm going to get hurt. And then, you know, she does it because obviously she's dating me and she loves it. She's like, oh my gosh, so much fun. And the people are awesome and they're not like scary, all jacked super athletes. You know, they're, it's totally fun. And she was like, I never would have tried it. And I was like, see, like this is where CrossFit missed the boat in that they leaned into like falling into that perception that everybody's a super tough thing that's going to get hurt. And uh, they completely, sh- they let people make up their mind about it before ever giving it a try. Yeah. And you know, you know, like, I mean, yes. Do people get hurt doing CrossFit? Of course. Um, I would say our, our, our injury rates, you know, higher it, than anything else. Absolutely not. It, I would it say looks, we have if extremely you research, low. If you look at the research, yeah. you know, the CrossFit injury rates are right on par with every other sport. Sport, you know, football, 
powerlifting, Olympic yeah. lifting, hockey, soccer, you look yeah. at the injury rates of CrossFit, um, you know, compared to any of these other sports and it's right there, you know, mm -hmm. if not safer, if not any worse, you know, like there was one thing, there's like one stat where it was like, you know, for every, like, like, I think it's like 10,000 people that ran a triathlon, somebody yeah. died. You know, like somebody right. died. You know, that's a crazy. That's a ton of people. Yeah, that's a like, lot of deaths. Like, <laughs> like a lot of people. 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 It was, it, I, that's not. I don't think. I don't. I don't remember. That's the exact stat, but it's something sure, along but the, it's along a the lines sure. of that, where like someone yeah. died, and you're like, "Is CrossFit that dangerous?" You know, but like no. at the end of the day, like it's a sport, and that's how it should be. You know, looked at comparatively. Yeah. Um, but but I mean, and, but like I would even say like I would be interested like that like in that in that research like are they looking at CrossFit athletes? Because, you know, like the, or, or everyday people who do CrossFit, you know, cause like people who play competitive basketball injury rates through the roof, people who play pickup basketball, probably not as high, yeah. you know what I mean? The injury is probably not as high, probably still way too high. I mean, I'm sure I bet people hurt things and I bet I, so that's probably a horrible example. Cause I get, I bet people get hurt playing pickup basketball. Oh yeah. People get hurt playing pickup basketball all the time. Okay. That's actually probably a terrible example. But that's, like, that's definitely one of that and like pickup soccer are probably like two of the most oh, common, man. like unorganized like sports yeah. injuries that i uh, yeah that i tend to see probably and then and then you talk about like wear and tear injuries like people who run regularly and they mm -hmm. just have like come to live with the fact that their back and knees hurt you know what i mean like yeah. it's not like oh i'm not hurt it's just that my back and my knees ache and sometimes wake me up in the middle of the night and it's like oh yeah okay you're not hurt totally yeah uh, yeah i mean it, that's the thing people like yeah they tend to just live with those injuries and you're like yeah. you don't have to Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, like we've had conversations, I mean, things like any kind of group exercise class and, and you know, this is kind of what I'm saying too. Like you know, what we try and separate ourselves on is like, you know, I, I have my bones to pick with some group exercise classes where there's really no instruction. It's, it's like the instruction basically becomes like, here's point A, here's point B. And any way you get from A to B is good. Well, it's those classes right? with like 60 plus people. Yeah. In. And, right. you know, how do you, and, and one coach, and how do you, how do you maintain any sense of like normalcy where it's just And like, the idea that like, just because the weights are light, like you won't get hurt. Well, that's, you the, know what I mean? The cheerleader, I think, um, right. you know, like you were talking about before, it's like, that's yeah. what you, you transition from being a coach to ultimately a cheerleader. Yeah. And it provides value. Hey, look, like I said, appeal, you know, it's a niche for a certain person, but, um, yeah. you know, I mean, but I know a, a friend of my mom's, you know, my mom is uh, in her, in her mid sixties, you know, and her friend is, is younger, but still uh, uh, like probably in her mid to late fifties uh, loves, she goes to group exercise thing, uh, a popular one that I won't mention uh, and uh, has gotten rhabdo twice hospitalized oh, wow. for it twice. Wow. Oh my God. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like, and she's like, she, I mean, she loves it. And like, like, and like, it's good. It's a good thing that she's found a thing that she loves and is right. like extremely passionate about and still goes by the way, to this day, like still will go back to it and loves it. Well, I think there's and just I a think lack of education on like sure. how much to do, how yeah. often to do it. And then that happens. Yeah. And I think, I mean, again, and I, I think at the end of the day, like, well, obviously Rabdo's horrible. I'm not, I don't recommend it. No. Uh, uh, but, um, you know, I think I do wonder at the end of the day, like the fact that she's going and is regular about it and has, you know, has unquestionably like net positively improved her life. She's gotten healthier and lost weights and all her, you know, her blood panels are better and that's fantastic. Um, you know, but it's, you know, to say that like, it's not 
risky is right. uh, foolish. And uh, just, yeah, as, I, I do just think, as risky, you know, if not more. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That, that, yeah. And I think, but I think like net positive, a net positive gain, right? Like, absolutely. Like, of course, net zero hospitalizations for rhabdo would be ideal. Yes. Uh, but, uh, but like, yeah, like, I mean, so to get back to where I kind of came from, it's like, you know, the, all these things are dangerous and, and CrossFit got by their own, uh, uh, you know, lack of response got really pigeonholed as the super dangerous one yeah. and people made up their mind and people said, well, I'm not going to do it because I know it's too intense and too dangerous. And there was basically nothing put out there to change their mind. And if anything, uh, they tripled down on the idea that it's for only super tough, cool people, you know, and that just ended up being what really, I think made it all the easier for people to go when you screw, when, when you do what they did from a branding perspective, uh, and, and really screw the pooch that way. Uh, yeah. it just made it all the easier to go, listen, this is not worth it anymore. Right. Right. So now where, you know, what happens to the, the DC, you know, CrossFit community? Where, where do, what happens to these people? That's, yeah. So, you know, we've done, and I can't speak for other areas, uh, you know, but we've had Zoom meetings and calls, like as DC, former DC affiliates, to just kind of talk about how can we, you know, kind of move on from this, like, you know, together and think about this in a smart way. Um, because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, we were competitive with each other from a business perspective, but we were still, we, were, we knew each other. I mean, almost all of us, like, have run in, you know, it's a small circle. So you still run into each other. Um, and so, you know, everybody's kind of doing their own thing, going off in their own way. Right. Um, we're working on like, you know, how can we sort of kind of take what's good from the CrossFit community affiliation? How can we take what's good and how can we kind of leave behind what's bad? Um, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot easier said than done, obviously. Yeah, right. Um, but you know, I think, um, I think you're going to see, I mean, who knows? I mean, I've, I've actually heard really good things that, you know, so CrossFit, if, if you didn't know, had, uh, their, their CEO slash, you know, owner had, uh, has essentially resigned as CEO and is in the process of selling his stake. Now, I don't know what it was. I, they, I don't think they announced how much he was selling, right. um, but he's basically being bought out. Um, which is a good and fair thing. He, he created the company, deserves to actually make something from it. Um, but, um, you know, so he's gone. And I've heard really good things about the new CEO who's a smart guy and knows what he's doing and is, you know, um, a pretty capable dude. So I don't, I just, but I'd be stunned if you don't see someone try and kind of step into that. Um, I would be surprised if you don't see them, uh, a bunch of other brands try and kind of throw their hat in the ring and become the new CrossFit. Right. I mean, I think I've heard things about like Rogue and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, where, where does CrossFit go? I mean, you know, traditionally it's been a, a white, you know, male dominated sport. I mean, yeah. how does CrossFit go start appealing to these other, you know, um, minorities and, and, and getting them involved more? I, I, you know, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, it's, it's, um, I mean, I think it still is. I mean, I, I, I will say this, I will, you know, I have a lot of bones to pick with CrossFit. Um, but I will say this one thing that they have always done very, uh, uh, I, I guess on the surface anyway, um, is they've been extremely fair, uh, to men and women, right. Uh -huh. From the, from the onset of the CrossFit games, the pay, the pays have always been the exact same, um, for, for men and women athletes. Um, 
And I've always, it's, it is, it is one of the few sports that I personally find uh, the women's side of the competition, much more compelling the men's yeah. side, just because it's the same dude every year who wins. <laughs> like True, it's, kind yeah. of, it's kind of boring. Uh, and the women's just like, it's kind of a crapshoot. Like you, you really don't know. It's very, very exciting to watch. Yeah, I've watched. It's, it's super <laughs> exciting to watch. Um, and so, so they will say that um, as far as appealing, you know, to, uh, to like broaden their horizons, so to speak, in terms of, of uh, getting more noise. I just think it's, it's access. I'm like, that's it. Um, yeah. You know, um, and uh, you know, we're working on some things. I mean, you know, I think, and I do think true, especially, I, I think if, if I'm doing it, I would just, I would want to get in to uh, like, like high schools. Yeah. I think high schools are where it's at. Um, and that's as I've tried, it's so much harder than you think it is. Um, uh, because there are a lot of vested interests in high school athletes. Uh, sure. Of course. Uh, but you know, I don't even think it's athletes. I mean, I think it's just like access to like getting in there and like, I mean, you know, like you, you know what high school strength and conditioning is like, it's, oh, it's yeah. horrifying. Um, and I think there's a lot, I think that would be where I would want to go. Right. If you want to get people in involved, it's just like try and get into the more of like strength and conditioning. Starting them from a young, a young age. Yeah. 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 And just like, you know, showing the kids that like, yo, you know, you, maybe you're, you're not a football player, right? You just don't, bro. You're not going to play college football. Sorry. That ain't going to happen. Right. But you're a really, you're a really hardworking, good athlete and you could have, you, you could, this could be, you could be really good at this. Right? Getting a barbell least, in their hands at an early absolutely. age. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and that's the other thing too, I will give CrossFit credit for in terms of what I learned from them. You know, I, I, when I was starting out, I had done, a, I don't even know how many seminars and, and whatever certifications and CrossFit, I think still to this day is really the only one that kind of assumed that a squat is not just something everyone knows how to do right away. Like they actually go here, we're going to start you from the ground up and pretend you have no idea what you're doing. And we're going to show you how to squat. Whereas like, you know, you go to like anything else and it's like, okay, you're going to have your client squat and you're going to do three by 10 for this. And you're going to do, you know, five by five for that. And you're like, yeah, but what if they're horrible at squatting? (laughs) Like what if they don't know how to do it? Like, how do you fix it? Well, yeah. And like that is severely, severely lacking in like a high school. Oh yeah. Where it's like, it's like, they just go because most of them, because they're kids, you know, that they're, they can take a certain amount of, of abuse in terms of bad technique and bad repetition and be just fine. Most high schools don't have a strength coach, you know, it's the, it's the, the the prep schools that have, you know, actual, Mm -hmm. you know, strength coaches. And then a lot of those, even they're, even they're terrible. Even that's no, you know, no guarantee. And then, you know, the, the smaller, you know, uh, high schools with, with less money. I mean, you know, maybe it's a football coach. I mean, we didn't have, uh, like when I was in high school, you know, 13 years ago, we didn't have a strength coach, you know? Um, there was like the football coach was kind of like, had like, you know, open hours in the gym. Yeah. (laughs) That was like, I mean, well, dude, I mean, like, I don't know. Was your, was your like an, was your high school like an athletic high school? Like was it known for athletics? Yeah. I mean, our high school was the number one lacrosse team in like in the nation. Okay. Um, yeah. So like, I mean, I went to, I went to Gonzaga in yeah. like downtown DC, which is like a sports powerhouse, right? right? Like, like, you know, sports illustrated considered like, you know, one of the best athletic high schools in the, in the country. Um, and when I went there, we didn't have a strength coach. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> like, still like I mean, new, dude, it was still such a new topic at the time. In 2000. Really? Like that was new. Like, I guess at that level, but it's just like, 
what blew my mind. I mean, like, I mean, kids going to D1 schools, I think it was my senior year um, at the, at the, uh, the WCAC basketball, uh, like finals, which was like almost always Gonzaga versus Tabatha. Yeah. Um, uh, like every single kid went on to play D1 basketball. Yeah. Right? And like three of them are in the NBA. You want to give those like, guys. Yeah. And like, we didn't have a strength coach. Like what? Like that's insane. Even as a high school kid, I thought that was insane at the time. It's yeah. It's, it's definitely something I think, you know, it's only really, I feel like in the last decade become like a, a regular like a real thing. thing, like a real yeah. acceptable thing. Like, you know, right. the, or the first decade of the century, I don't really know how many people were, you know, even you look at professional sports, like, you know, strength conditioning coaches are still a pretty new thing. Yeah. They had, they've had athletic yeah. trainers for, yeah. you know, decades, but in terms of having strength conditioning coaches, it's still a pretty new, um, new job, new, new, new thing. So, um, I think that probably oh. goes into it. You know, it's, you know, what it reminds me of too, like, and actually this has irked me and maybe I'm, I'm reading too much into this, but like, um, like I find, I think one of the most compelling stories in sports right now is Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. Who I just, I'm obsessed with. I think he's like so awesome because he's your classic, like iconoclast of like, you know, people say you got to do it this way. And he's like, that doesn't make sense. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And the way right. that makes sense. Like as if I didn't, as if I wasn't taught this dogma of you got to do it like this. I just, but this makes more sense. And like, I was watching his tournament, I guess it was two weeks ago that he won. Yeah. Um, and like, it, it just irked me when like you hear the like Nick Faldos and like all these old timer golfers, like, like clearly like mocking him right for like what he's done and so if anybody doesn't know like he's basically a golfer but like during quarantine people say he put on 15 pounds he looks like he put on 30 he's big. pounds he's very big he man. is yoked i mean yeah. he is big like i immediately so i had read an article that said oh bryson DeChambeau used the time to work out and, and put on weight and i was like oh that's cool and then i saw him and i was like do they test for steroids oh, yeah. in he, the pga he put on some because his shoulders are massive. yeah and his arms and his like he's just thick and i was like good for him that's awesome and uh and so like you know they, and so obviously that becomes the topic that everybody's talking about because it's you know they're just looking for storylines and then like the announcers are just like almost like mocking him for it like if he hits a bad shot they're like oh somebody go get him a protein shake he looks all upset you know because he hit a bad shot and it's just like really obnoxious because you're looking at these guys who like if you know anything about the pga was like it was just party town us i mean these guys did not even remotely consider themselves athletes oh yeah and would just party and drugs and drinking and you know like everything and they would win so why does he got to take care of himself and get strong to win like why can't he do it like i why can't we have more john Daly's on the tour you know right and, right and like you know but he goes out and like really takes care of himself and is just i mean he's he's insane right now he's got like I think in his last 10 tournaments, he's finished like top eight or something insane like that. Right. And it's like, it's, it's annoying to see people who like treat it like a sport. Right. And, and then to kind of get like made fun of for it. And it's right. kind of like the same thing. It's like all these old time high school people, you know, like I didn't need a strength coach when I was in high school. Oh yeah. That turned out fine. Exactly. Like, okay. Okay. Cool. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, one last thing I want to touch on with, with yeah. the CrossFit community was, you know, mm -hmm. what you guys are doing, uh, with the throwdown comps, 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Andrew and Koi Ozias, right? That's how I, I say his last name. I, I'm honestly, I just thought, thought of it. I was like, I'm not even sure if I say his last name right. Ozias. It looks Ozias. like Ozias. Sorry, Koi, for not knowing how to correctly. Yeah, sorry, Koi. But uh, they started uh, Throwdown Comps, and they have uh, started putting uh, on competitions down here in, in Southwest. And they had their first competition uh, last fall and went really well with, you know, uh, how many people did you have come out? Gosh, it was a lot. I'm not, I don't know if we got like a total gate number at the end of the day. And I forget how many teams it was, but it was, it was like it was 180 athletes, yeah. something like that. It was, yeah, it was, that was right. Was, 90 teams. That's right. 90 yeah, teams, was, 180 people. And then, yeah. And then, a, you know, probably that spectators. Much. It was, it was, it was a yeah. lot of fun. And yeah. so you guys are planning something. Yeah. So we're, um, we're planning an, uh, we, we, we were going to do one in June. We had it all kind of planned out. And then right. that, went that didn't work out. That didn't plan out. So we're, uh, we're, we're doing it. We're sort of, so we, we try to aim for two a year. Yeah. And so we're going to basically just kind of combine them uh, and make it one big one. Um, and we are lucky enough to sort of, uh, uh, we we got we basically secured like a parking lot so it's gonna be all outdoors so we don't have to worry about kind of indoor and and the sketchiness i guess and the, and the fear people have of that so we've got an outdoor space uh right next to the really close to the gym and we're gonna do uh basically the same thing but it's gonna be on october 3rd so kind of right okay. in the middle of, of when we were planning on doing both gotcha um and we're gonna try and combine the two and make it a bit a bit of a bigger one um but you know essentially being able to kind of accommodate as many people without hopefully the uh uh fear i guess the lack of a better word or uh, uh, uneasiness i guess is better uh of of just trying to cram everybody into a small space yeah yeah i, mean, I think that parking lot over at, at audi field i think you know it's probably big enough for you know a lot of people so hopefully yeah. you guys will be able to spread everybody out and get as many people as you know possible in yeah. there um, yeah. But yeah, I think that I think it's important to like, you know, I think there's like been such a disappointment, you know, this year, that like 2020 has just yeah. been such a disappointment for a lot of people. So like, yeah. I think having, you know, this competition, you know, obviously, there's a lot of time between now and then that like, you know, there's a lot of unknowns, but, you know, if everything goes, you know, uh, as planned, and we're able to, you know, have it, I think it's going to be a great thing for a lot of people. Yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, like, and you know, what you, there's something about being outdoors that just is way more fun. Yeah. And also, like also in October outdoors. too, it's also more fun being outdoors in October than like right now Correct. when it's 95 Correct. degrees and I'm sitting in here, uh, sweating. Uh, yeah. So I would say that, um, yeah, for sure. For sure. So yeah. So, all right. So I think that is gonna just about wrap us up here. I got one more question for you. What's, what's uh, what's one book you're reading right now or the last book you read? Oh, uh, so I, so actually it's funny. It's funny you bring that up. I, um, I have decided I don't read enough fiction. So I'm trying to read oh, more fiction. Okay. Um, so I'm actually currently reading, I don't know if this really counts as fiction. It's like a sort of fiction. Um, but I am reading uh, a book called uh, A Supposedly Fun Thing I'll Never Do Again, um, okay. which is actually a, a collection of essays by David Foster Wallace. Nice. So there you go. Nice. Yeah, All so right. fiction. I like uh yeah so i I've, i can't i i just need something i need to i need to i need to get out <laughs> like, I, I like that to... yeah because i focus a lot on like 
books that will help me like whether it's personal development or business development and and yeah i think i could probably mix in a few fiction books yeah and that's uh, that's almost like i mean somewhat similar that was my thing i was like i don't read enough fiction i need to kind of like because i think you know again like fiction what you grew up especially like yeah i'm a bit I, i do like reading so it's that but yeah. like fiction, especially, and I think, you know, even that, like, even like you're talking about like business development or, or even like kind of training books or whatever, I think fiction like really kind of forces you to think creatively. Mm-hmm. It really, I mean, cause it is creative writing essentially. Yeah. Um, and I think it really treats you, it, it teaches you to kind of look at things in different ways. So it, it's still as, I think it can be as useful as, uh, like, uh, a, a book specifically about right. this one topic that you're focused on, it can be just as valuable. It'll be like, Oh, like, Hey, that's a creative clip, like expand your mind kind of way of thinking. Right. About right. It. Right. So, all right. Last so, yeah, question. So I'm, on, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to read a couple of fiction books before I go. I like it. Fiction. Last question. What is yeah. the new name of the Washington ah. football club? Oh man. I, I gotta believe it's red wolves, which I think is so red lame. Wolves. Yeah. I think that's like the leader in the clubhouse. At the oh, okay. I, I, I like Red Tails. I thought I liked that one. Yeah. I, I like it too. I do agree. I, like, I think I like it on, as, a, as a quick reaction. Um, but I do, as a, Amon said, he's like, yeah, I really think they should stay away from turning real people into mascots, though. I think that's sort of what got them in trouble. Uh, and, it's, and it's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I do think it's cool. And I think the intention is obviously infinitely different than their original name. Right. Um, uh, which they also pretended, you know, this is like, so the guy who like originally named them the Redskins pretended that it was like in honor of their coach who was like, who maybe might have been like 132nd Native American. Right. And it was like, okay, sure, bro. Oh man, that's um, funny. I, I actually so, did not, I did not know that. Um, yeah. But yeah. The, yeah. Supposedly, I knew they like, was, it was supposed to be like a, like a tribute to them. Yeah. Yeah. Supposedly. But this guy was also like a, virulent racist well that like, was not yeah. even hiding it what's his name guy. yeah he was like the last guy to integrate like that yeah NFL. And he was because he was forced to effectively right george, right. george preston marshall was his name yeah yes yeah um all right so if people want to learn more about district crossfit patriot crossfit or or well hold on here hold on here gun to your head what yeah are we gonna, what are we renaming the gyms dude i don't i honestly got in my head i don't even know we're honestly, losing crossfit we're losing crossfit CrossFit's gone, um, but I don't know because there's a couple other things that I'm not, it's not quite ready for co- public consumption that we're kind of All right. tossing around. Fair enough. Um, Fair um, enough. So I can't answer. I can't Stay answer tuned. yet. Stay tuned. But yeah, but um, I, either way it will be, it will be cool. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I make, you know, it's kind of funny trying to look at, trying to turn uh, lemons into lemonade. Um, there is, I think there's some cool things that we're trying to do as a result of both the CrossFit turmoil as well as sort of the, the pandemic turmoil, you know, trying to come out on the other side, you know, having learned some lessons and gotten better. Yeah. Um, and so, and then the name I think will be kind of wrapped up in, in, in whatever we decide uh, going forward. Just don't consult with Dan Snyder. Just don't ask Dan, Dan yeah. Snyder for his opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So if people want to learn more about, the gym no currently known as district crossfit and the gym no yeah. currently known as patriot crossfit uh yeah. where can they go where can they learn more DistrictCrossFit.com, patriotcrossfit.com um uh subject to change <laughs> subject to change social media yeah. at district yeah. crossfit yeah uh, um 
we were we were lucky enough to get in and, and snag all those before they blew up. Not on TikTok yet. Still trying to figure Not out TikTok. On TikTok. I think that's the yeah. next move though. The next move is is on TikTok. I but will you, say we were on we were on Musically before Musically turned into TikTok. So we do get credit for that. Oh, I did I this is the first I've ever heard of Musically. So Yeah. Musically was TikTok before it was TikTok. So there you go. Oh wow. So all right. I'm, I'm, all right. I'm so, ahead of the game. All right. So all right. Andrew, thanks for coming on, man. Uh well I'm sure hey, we'll definitely be pleasure. doing this again. Uh I'll uh, be talking to you soon. Mike, always a pleasure, bro. Thank you so much for listening to Move the District today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Big League Performance and Rehab and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free, head over to BigLeaguePerformanceAndRehab.com to learn more. Thanks, and until next time, keep moving, DC.